Welcome to the A to G podcast. I'm Jacob. And I'm Darren. And welcome to the episode 11 of the A to G podcast. 11. Yeah. 11. Yes. 1 1. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a busy show today, I think. Yes. Oh, Jake, before we before I forget, happy belated Earth Day to you. Sure. <laughs> For those of you who didn't know, who are, who weren't well informed that yesterday uh, was the Monday was Earth Day, so suck it, Mars. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Are we seriously covering Earth Day right now? We're not covering Earth Day. We're just—it's a fun fact. Did, For those, did, Darren, did you those... plant a tree? No, no. But, okay, well then, you know what? You screwed should, up on Earth Day. But, but people should plant. I drove tree. my truck around extra yesterday. Oh, great! So you extra pollution on Earth Day for you there, Jake. Love it. Yes. All my lights are on. ADC <laughs> and the heat were on too at the same time. Oh, jeez. But yeah, I think it's gonna be a monumentous show for sports today. It's gonna be our sports episode. Our sports spectacular. Sure. Yeah, that's a good one. Definitely. So let's start. Let's start with that. Let's. What's uh, up in the uh, latest in the world of sports? Lots going on in the world of sports. Anything, everything from NHL playoffs to NBA playoffs to the oh, NFL God. draft that's coming up. There's so much going on right now. Uh, let's let's start in the NHL. Big, big, big game for my Leafs tonight. Game seven in Boston. It's not deja vu. It's happening again this year. It happened last year. Didn't turn out so well for Leafs, but hey, you have one game to just go in, get a win, and leave. That's it. So a lot of a lot of pressure on both teams because it's been a back and forth series uh, this entire uh, this entire seven games. So we'll see what happens tonight. That is at seven o'clock. So I'll be a nervous wreck by seven o five. So hopefully everything's going to be worked out. Uh, the Pistons, they got swept. Mm-hmm. Anyone surprised well, by did. that? No, no, no. Exactly what everyone predicted was going to happen. Yeah. So I don't know if it was worth it for them making the playoffs just to get bounced no. in four games. But you know, it it, it was nice seeing the the the. Uh, I was about to call it the Palace, the LCA. <laughs> you know. <laughs> the LCA, nice and full. Even might as well be the Palace. It was yeah, just as sure. empty most of the exactly. season. Yeah, so it was nice seeing a playoff atmosphere in Detroit, especially at the LCA. Good, good for the Pistons. Get a little experience and yeah. move forward. So hopefully they can by do. twenty in a packed house. Yeah, of course. But no one was expecting them to even win a game in this series. So, so the bar was set very low, and they definitely came under it. So uh, hopefully. In the offseason, they can make some moves, maybe acquire some nice youthful defensive players who don't make as much money as Andre Drummond, but we'll see. <laughs> and, and we'll have more on the Pistons in one of our special segments near the end of the show. Yes, I know, Jake, that's, we'll, we'll be very excited for that. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so NHL playoffs going on, NBA playoffs are rolling on. The, the, uh, the Detroit Tigers are still somewhat relevant even though it's still cold out in some days so i don't even know why they're still playing in in april you know they should wait till the till may to start i think the so season. Too. you know yep. but they're they, i believe that they their last game was postponed so i think they're around 10 and 10 right now so the, the tigers are still topsy-turvy it's going to be an up and down season for them mostly down 
And of course, we're going to have the big thing that's happening in Nashville this week on Thursday is the first round of the NH- uh, NHL NFL draft. <laughs> yeah, NFL that's, draft. La- that's later on uh, the NFL draft. So yeah. the Lions obviously currently are going to be picking eighth overall in that draft. Lots of talk of them trading down mm-hmm. and all, potentially even trading up. Taking a quarterback, taking a uh, t- taking a, a defensive player, even maybe taking another tight end. There's a lot of possibilities for the Lions to do, and we'll have a special guest on today's show to discuss everything Lions draft related. Sean Belegian will join us later on in the show. So, but but Jake, going back to draft, I just want to get your thoughts on what do the Lions do uh, with the couple days leading up to the draft. Well. Don't draft the tight end. Let's start with that. <laughs> Don't do that. That's dumb. Well, they have the eighth overall pick. In my perfect scenario, the Lions would be trading down. Hopefully as far uh, down as possible where they can get multiple picks. Mm-hmm. And with, ho- with their luck, in my perfect world scenario, uh, Montez Sweat keeps dropping down <laughs> and they pick him up because he's he is dropping his stock is dropping because of um yeah, possible you... heart condition sure and but... and if they get an extra maybe pick if they trade down into the second round and with more luck my second favorite pick greedy williams to cornerback will drop down into the second round and they can snatch him up to two wow. positions of need defensive end cornerback that's my dream scenario but there's a lot of uh, positions that they do need even looking at it from uh, the offensive point of view, they need a running back. They need an offensive tackle. They need to uh, bolster up the line. But this is a defensive-heavy draft. It should be no issues making the defense better. But this is the Lions we're talking about. Mm-hmm. So anything's possible. Kicker, long snapper, <laughs> you know, punter. Punter. Anything. Exactly. No, but I, I, I totally see where, where you're coming from, and I think most important thing that they have to do is they have to make sure that they have enough weapons for Stafford this year because, you know, the past year it's all about Stafford had all these weapons, right, and he still couldn't get the job done. Now they kind of shift their focus to the to the defensive side of the ball, picking up Flowers, picking up all these uh, um, just uh, Justin Coleman uh, mm-hmm. for the secondary help. Now they have all these weapons on defense. Do they do they switch back to offense? Maybe even take an offensive lineman in the first round with the fir- with with their first round selection. That would be tragic. Well, the, uh, obviously Bob <laughs> Quinn knows that he you know he has done it before taking uh, Frank uh, Ragnow. That's in right the, in the first round. So well, I don't think it, it, it's 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 important. I would wait till the second round to get an off- offensive player, definitely a lineman in the second round, uh, because all the defense is going to go first. Defensive players are priority in this draft, looks like right now, looking at different uh, mock drafts uh, that are coming out all over the place. There's a lot of uh, movement going on lately. <laughs> uh, people are thinking of a lot of people trading up, which is good for the Lions. If a lot of teams are trading up, that means uh, they'll be picking players nobody else that Lions don't want because the Lions aren't picking a quarterback. That ain't happening. Stafford's gonna be here until he's fifty, <laughs> so might might as well use that, utilize that, and have somebody trade up, grab an extra pick, yeah, and um, 
see what happens. But you know what's 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 scary, and uh, looking at how high they're projecting certain players to go. Uh, For example, you have uh, what's his name, Rashad Gary from Mm -hmm. Michigan, Rashad Gary, edge rusher. Not that good, but they're projecting him to go in the top twenty in the draft. He didn't do much. No, at Michigan last year, so. I don't know. It's it's really weird. <laughs> really weird. I know. Well, that and and they still have a tight end in the top ten for right. most of these drafts. Some uh, people are losing their minds here. I don't know why. Right. No. Absolutely. Uh, j- just one quick note for, uh, before we get to our guests uh, talk about the Lions. I saw this interesting stat on how it's rough, how it's a rough time to be a Detroit sports fan in general. <laughs> obviously, the Pistons got swept. Right, and the Pistons have lost 14 straight playoff games, which is an love NBA, it, which is an NBA right. record. Mm-hmm. There, there, Jake, and of course, we talk about the Lions. The Lions last won a playoff game in 1991, which is the second longest active drought. And then there's the Wings that have missed the playoffs the last three years after making it the previous 25 years. And then the right. Tigers last won a playoff series in 2013. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a dry spell when it comes to postseason success for all Detroit uh, sports teams. That's right. The only uh, way to go is up one day, eventually. One day. <laughs> exactly. That, that's another show. We'll have a show where we predict which one of these teams actually wins something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, and, I, and, and I don't count the Pistons making the playoffs as winning anything. Yeah. So what they were at, at 500 when they made the playoffs, get out of here with that. <laughs> Just That's barely not, 500. Yeah. Yeah, 41 and 41. Nonsense. Exactly. But, yeah, but that's that's our Lions talk to, to start with. Look, the draft's going to be crazy. Who mm-hmm. knows what's going to happen? Uh, right. I, unfortunately, I will not this year. I will not be watching it live. Oh, uh, no. So, so, yeah, I know. Uh, so I'll be looking forward to rounds three to seven. Yeah, <laughs> I'm that big of a loser where I will actually pay attention to what happens. Well, the first round, I think, is only on the Thursday. They just yeah. do the first round. And then the two and three second, on a Friday. Yeah, two and yeah. three is on the Friday. So, And I think there's more intrigue and excitement in the second and third round because, obviously, last year's second round, that's where they traded up to get on Johnson. Yes. So a lot of the, there is a, a lot of talent, especially in those second and third rounds. Yes, and that's why I'm hoping they trade down so they can acquire more picks. For that second or third sure. round, you need to get more players to actually get some talent on this team, yep. and not just be mediocre. You are playing one of the tougher, um, you know, divisions in the league. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you, like we discussed last week, our record's looking at like what nine and seven here for this team. So you yeah. need something to put you over the edge. You need a ten-win season. So you need at least enough players to get one more win out of it. Because, as we all know. Stafford isn't going to do it by himself. No, no, absolutely not. Uh, so, no, it, it, it should be interesting. And obviously, our, our guest, Sean Legion, will get more info for us and for you, the listeners of the upcoming Lions draft. Yeah, so we should let's get to that uh, now. So, join us to talk about the Lions draft and everything that is in the right mindset in Allen Park. Sean Legion joins us on the ADG podcast. Sean, how are you today, sir? 
Tremendous. Thanks for having me, guys. It's a pleasure to chat with you. Great. Yeah, we appreciate the visit. Definitely. Well, it's my pleasure. It's uh you know what? It's uh, I, I always laugh when people use the word job. Are you kidding me? We're we're lucky to be able to do what we do, you know, and I'm sure you guys feel the same way. Exactly. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Exactly. So Sean, a couple days out before Nashville, before the first round picks, Lions sit at eight. So the big question to you is do they take Dwayne Haskins at eight? That's a great question. You know, it's been out there for a couple months. And and here's the biggest thing. I understand the logic behind it. And 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 what I mean by that is this. Um, it's not very often that a team can be in a position to take that quote unquote quarterback of the future and not stink. Because the 2019 Detroit Lions are not going to be a two and fourteen, a three and thirteen, a four and twelve team. I, you know, I, I caught some slack for this the other day when I said I don't even think they're a six and ten team. A lot of variables went into them kind of falling back to six and ten. Uh, you couple that with the fact that Matthew Stafford's contract um, is a little more easily moved after this year. The number drops down and everything. You can understand the logic behind it. Now, with that being said, I don't believe that will be the pick. I really don't. That's kind of caught steam the last 24 hours. Uh, A buddy of mine who happens to be a scout has been talking about it for a few months. It's just something he heard. I have a feeling that that's just your average run-of-the-mill smokescreen to generate uh, what is already an incredible amount of interest in, in that eight slot that the Lions are at. No, I, I totally understand what you're saying here because the, the, uh, I believe Bob Quinn on the Ian Rappaport podcast said that he was open for business in trading down. So yeah. is, that, is that more of a likely going to happen that if, if the guy that the Lions really want is gone by the time it rolls around them, they're going to back up and collect some more picks? You know what's funny? I mean, all the years that I've been fortunate to do this, whether it be on the radio or, or, or doing stuff on television or doing stuff with you guys, normally I yell at people when they bring up the, the possibility of, of, of trading down. But I, I, I'm one of those guys this year. I think all signs point towards the Lions trading out of that pick. I really do. I think from a logical standpoint, um, you know, it, the Giants at six, obviously they're going to use a quarterback. I mean, one would assume with either the six or the 17. And then you have teams that potentially could do it at 10, 11, 13, and 15. So that is going to create a whole heck of a lot of intrigue, in my opinion, at picks seven, eight, and nine. I think those are the three picks that teams are going to be looking at. Now, one can assume that in all likelihood, Josh Rosen might be going to one of those teams because I just don't know how Arizona is going to make uh, Murray and, and, and Rosen work. But still, you're talking about a multitude of teams that are going to be looking to get one of those quarterbacks. Could it be Haskins if he's still on the board? Uh, could it be uh, Daniel Jones? Could it be uh, Locke out of Missouri? So that's what's going to be very intriguing about this draft. So I'm with you guys. If I were a betting man, um, the amount of times that you hear about a team willing to trade down and the amount of times it actually happened are two entirely different numbers. I think this is the year that Bob Quinn trades out of that deal. Now, you look, do you say this could be a perfect scenario for a defensive-minded coach like we have right now uh, where the Lions trade down and the deep draft of defensive linemen we are able to not only draft down, but draft into a great position like a defensive tackle, defensive end that could boost this defense uh, this season? 
Well, you said it better than I did. I mean, honestly, because I mean, that's to me, that's the key on why this can happen is because not only are you in all likelihood going to get a very good player. Let's see, for example, you, you trade down to 11 or 13 or 15. But what you hit on is what every scout that I know is saying. And I, I do a podcast with one of them. He has been saying for two months to anybody that would listen, this draft is incredibly deep. Once you get to about pick 20 all the way to, you know, past pick 60. And you heard uh, Bob Quinn even uh, allude to that, that, that that's where we're at. So there are a plethora of players. And when you talk about value, uh, there's a lot of value to be had if, if, if you get that extra second round pick, if you get a couple extra thirds, whatever the case may be. If this draft is is indeed as deep and as top heavy as they say it is with maybe not full fledged, uh, to use a collegiate term, five stars, but with a whole bunch of, of four stars. Boy, oh boy, it, it, I think it would behoove you to have a couple uh, picks early on and maybe take advantage of that. And that plays right into the wheelhouse of what you're talking about. Awesome. Right. So, so Sean, it, you were talking about just a minute ago about them trading down. There's a lot of teams that are interested in that eighth spot. Is it going to be where, well, if we trade down with this team, we can still get this player, or is it whoever gives us the most amount of picks, we'll, we'll swap with you? Million-dollar question. I mean, if, if the Lions really like somebody and, you know, a guy that checks the box, the boxes, so to speak, and and, and I know that a lot of people out there aren't, aren't real excited about it, but I think everybody has to acknowledge he's, he's kind of the Bob Quinn player, is Jonah Williams. You know, now, you know, I would say it like this. Let's say, uh, using 13 as an example, let's say you move out of the eighth spot and you end up getting a guy like Jonah Williams at pick 13 with an extra second round pick out of it. I, to me, that's a win. You can't look at it as just getting Jonah Williams because I think the general mindset is if, if, if you go and get a guy like that, you're probably going to play him out of position this year uh, to perhaps get him back in position. And I know I speak for a lot of Lions fans. Asking a guy to be something he's not has kind of become an old bit around here. But I think when you couple that with a guy that not only might be able to help your team this year, but certainly is going to be able to help your team in the future, because the one thing that Bob Quinn wants to do is he wants to get that offensive line set. That's the foundation for your success and for future success and to, to, to catapult the Lions into that group of usual suspects that, um, you know, are hopefully in the playoff mix year in, year out. But then you get that extra pick in, 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 a, in a top heavy draft like this. So, I would always caution people, and I say this each and every year anyway, um, don't forget the draft doesn't end after day one. There are incredible values, incredible needs that can be filled. And in my mind, maybe, just maybe, that would take the damper off some people that, that maybe aren't you know, blown away by grabbing a guy like Jonah Williams. But you grab a guy like that and you get an extra, dare I say, second-round pick. And, and I think that's a pretty good deal. I think that's pretty good value to be had. Without a doubt. Now, you said it's important to, you know, it's not the sexiest pick, you know, an offensive lineman, but yep. it's, a, it, it's a pick of need, which which the Lions kind of struggled with last year. The offensive side of the ball, Stafford did not have any time to do what he, what we know he can do. So going on, going into that, grabbing an extra second round, third round pick has been kind of a trademark for Bob Quinn because you've seen him last year when he – when he stole, I can, I can, I can honestly say that he stole Deshaun hand in the, in the, I believe the third round pick. 
is that becoming the the Bob Quinn trading card, uh, the, the trademark where he can go in and get those hidden gems in the late rounds? Well, you know what? That that's what you absolutely need. And and I mean, when you go back, and I don't want to depress you or any listeners today. I mean, go back and look at the utter lack of of value that they got out of drafts for many years. I mean, this is going back even pre Millen era. You know, I mean, talk about getting nothing. And in recent years, hey, has it been has everything been a home run for Bob Quinn? No, but you want to change the fortunes of a franchise, get value out of a fourth round pick. Have a guy like Kenny Galladay become uh, what he is today and what he can yet be. Um, even even moving up to grab carry on, you know, that that's a situation where that guy didn't play like a, a second round pick when he was healthy last year. So, no. you know, that's one thing. That's one thing that Bob wants to do. He wants to be able to get value. And, you know, when you talk about rookie contracts and, and, and you talk about having that extra year uh, after the first round and everything, boy, oh, boy, does that does that look good on any kind of salary cap uh, sheet uh, when you have a guy taken at that point in the draft that can come in and, and contribute the way that some of these guys has. Now, he has to improve it, no doubt, and his his plans to get this offensive line solidified, and that was really his pet project the last two years, hasn't exactly panned out. But I, I will say again, uh, a guy that's able to get some value later in drafts like that, you can't put a price tag on that. No, absolutely not. So, so Sean, we're, we're talking about, you know, late round picks. I want you to give us a name and a round. Do you think a certain player is going to be there for the Lions that you think is going to be a steal? Wow, that's a, that's a great question because, uh, I mean, there are there are so many guys that, especially guys, when, when you think about, um, you know, the, again, the one thing you have to remember is, is it, it always starts with um, – the, the coaches, what a coach is looking for, what uh, an NFL uh, general manager is looking for. And and I think that's the point that you have to start. You have to look at that and, and say to yourself, all right, so what are the type of players uh, that those that, that that a guy might like? And you know what? There are a few different guys out there, but but one um, I think Stanley Morgan out of Nebraska. Stanley Morgan is a, is a wide receiver that I, I think could come in, and I'm not saying that he's going to become the next um, that he's going to become the next uh, Kenny Galladay or anything like that. But he's one of those guys that I, I, I think some people know about, and and certainly the Lions uh, really like. Uh, listen, guys, L.J. Scott from Michigan State. I I, I think. You know, as a guy that comes in, and, and last year wasn't exactly, you know, a, a banner year for LJ. I mean, no no doubt about that. But for a guy that can come in and, and be the the guy that can come in and be the bruising back, so to speak, and and, and give a little change of pace to, to what the Lions are doing, I don't I don't think that that's a, a bad pick at all. And, you know, you're talking about a guy that, that could go into the sixth or seventh round. And, and I mean – that's the type of guys that you're looking for. You know, uh, Dakota Allen is, a, is another guy, I, I think, from Texas Tech that, that a buddy of mine has brought up. He, he's a linebacker. So this is the type of situation for me, guys, that um, there are a plethora of guys. And, uh, again, you're talking about guys that, that kind of fit what the mode is or mold is, I, I should say, for Bob Quinn uh, for Matt Patricia, things that they're looking for. They're looking for toughness, and, and that's one thing that they wanted to do. I saw it the first day of camp last year. I'm sure you guys have, have heard the story since then 
Um, they want to change the culture here. They, they want guys that, you know, are, are, are going to be um, guys that come in and fight. You know, while David Long, a cornerback out of Michigan, uh, that, that's a guy that, that I think a lot of people maybe aren't giving the love. But to get back on point, they want guys that are going to come in here and, and do battle. And, and last year, half the battle, in my humble opinion, was changing the culture around here. And, uh, look, the way things went before aren't going to be the way that, that things go from this point on. And I think uh, by the end of the year, a lot of guys bought in. And, and I think, you know, bringing some guys in, especially that are familiar with Bob, that are familiar with Matt, that know what is expected of them in practices, in camp, et cetera, et cetera, it's going to go a long way, but bringing those young guys in and bringing those guys that have that work ethic and that, uh, you know, that, that drive to succeed, dare I say the chip on their shoulder, because maybe they went a round or two later than some people thought they were going to do. Uh, that goes a long way. Absolutely. Jake. Yeah, no, that's perfect analysis. And I'm glad you, you said they're trying to change the culture because too many people focus on the Patriot way and not looking at the actual, change you're trying to they're doing something that detroit lions fans haven't seen in a very long time and get these hard-working guys out there and not slinging from the pistons the go-to-work lions hopefully um they could get in there win the battle in the trenches because i think that's where we've been losing the last couple years i agree and and you know guys it, you know i don't know if you were out there or not or you you heard the stories of the first day of practice matt patricia showed there was a new sheriff in town and the way that, that he exploded at some players and uh, you know, some of the, well, salty language that he used, you weren't used to seeing it around Lions camp. So it was kind of funny. We we didn't do this on purpose, but a lot of us that were kind of sitting in the media stands all immediately turned around and like looked at Mike O'Hara, you know, the, the legend who covered the Lions forever for Detroit yep. News and, you know, still doing uh, DetroitLions.com. And I get the pleasure of doing things with him on Lions Radio. We all just instinctively looked at him and he just goes, Nope, never heard that around here. So it really, it really was a, a a kind of culture shock and something that we weren't used to seeing. But hey, um, that's that's the way that this is going to be. And uh, I believe in these guys for the first time in my life. And and I, trust me, I've had people say, "Oh, you're a homer," or whatever the case may be. You know what? I for the first time in my life, I think that the Lions have competent management. I really do. I mean, uh, from Russ Thomas to Matt Millen to Martin Mayhew, who in my opinion, as good as a guy is, is, you know, really all those guys were uh, Martin Mayhew. All he was, was not Matt Millen, you know? So uh, I I don't want to compare it to previous lions. I want to compare it to some of the best in the league. And, you know, hopefully in a year or two time, we can be doing that with this regime. Absolutely. You look at the fan base that we have and Darren and I are both lions slappies. We buy the, you know, we go to the games, we buy the gear. And I think the fan base itself, you know, go seize the games and they believe in this team. I think they deserve something better. And I think, uh, I don't know, what do you think, next three, four years, they can build towards actually achieving something in this city? I hope so. I mean, I, I really do because I, I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, I don't know how old you guys are. I've heard it my whole life. I, I have friends that I can't believe you're still doing that. And, you know, part of it is, well, yeah, it's my job. And then the other part of it is, yeah, you bet I'm a fan. I, I was a fan long before I got in this business. I'll be a fan long until I get out of this business. I understand that I have a job to do and I have to be objective. And, you know, I have one of those dads that trust me, I've been hearing it for 40 years out of him. Why are you wasting your time with this team? You know, I always <laughs> was losing growing up. So 
Um, I've heard it enough. There's nothing that, that, that I haven't heard. I'm sure you can vouch for the same uh, that, that hasn't been said before. Um, to me, when I hear people say, it's the Lions, they stink and they're always going to stink, I always laugh because it's like, I mean, think of just things in our area. Uh, guys, growing up for me, the Detroit Red Wings were such an off afterthought. They were the dead things. It was it was darkness with Harkness. And you get the right people in place and, and, and you can change things. Michigan State football, uh, the Golden State Warriors, for goodness sake. You know, That's it's right. all about getting the right people in place and, and having them put some right people in place. So um, it wasn't going to happen overnight. And I don't think Bob Quinn expected to take a step forward, to take a step back, but that's what happened. And the Lions have to make the best of it. And it's all about, you know, just saying, hey, what happened before isn't going to happen anymore. Let's be better. Absolutely. You, you, you said it right there, Sean. Now, you being on the Lions radio radio on 760 WJR, you, you pretty much become a therapist after these heartbreaking <laughs> Lions games. So just tell me, you're like, how are you reading the fans going into the draft and, ha- and going into the season? Uh, they have one year of Patricia already under their belts. And, you know, this has been year three or four of Quinn making uh, the decisions at the helm uh, of the team. Where where's the Lions fan base hard at at this point of, of the year? You know what? In my opinion, I mean, you're always going to get people optimistic this time of year. I mean, there's no doubt about that. I mean, the old joke, Lions, Super Bowl, whatever the case may be, you're always going to get people that are optimistic this time of year. I think there's a wait and see. I think if you are going to be fair, um, you have to own six and ten. You are what your record indicates. However, you dig a little deeper and you see what happened last year. I mean, number one, it's trying to change a culture. Number two, there were a slew of injuries. And I'm not sure we're ever going to find out exactly how injured Matthew Stafford was. Um, Take a look at the wide receivers he was throwing to at the end of the year. My goodness gracious. Um, Obviously, you know, there there were some other moves. The the Golden Tate move, a lesson this team. Uh, the, The way that I look at it is this. The moves that they've made so far, forget about the draft. The moves that they've made so far, nobody can look me in the eye and tell me the Lions haven't made themselves a better team. I mean, just just based on uh, what they've done so far via free agency, they, they've upgraded in multiple positions and they got, in my mind, a couple of really good players in that mix as well. So uh, that's what the name of game is all about. Make sure you're getting better. But um, no, it's a, it's a good, that's a good question on your part, because I don't know what the temperature of the room is quite yet. You know, you get maybe that honeymoon period when camp starts the first couple of weeks where people are really excited. People are, you know, uh, maybe, you know, allowing themselves to think, hmm, 10 and six playoffs. Um, and then after that, I think, you know, everything starts to level out a little bit. So I'm not sure I can tell yet what it is. I, I think right now, as we sit here today, um, you know, what, 48 hours plus, away from the draft. I think there, there's optimism because of the draft, and let's see what happens. Matt Patricia's got to answer a lot of questions. There's no doubt about that. Um, I, I'd like to say again, I think that part of it is uh, chalked up to having to 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 fight uh, in the room to try to change a culture and get some guys to buy in and everything, but um, I think it's heading in the right direction. I, I'm not printing playoff tickets yet or anything like that, but I think this is a team that's going to be in the mix, guys. I, I really do. Now, in following up on that, uh, last week's episode, we did something everybody else hates. 
we did the game by game breakdown because the schedule came out on the last show. Oh, now I love we, it. we we both <laughs> we both had the Lions at nine and seven with obviously the draft coming up and that might obviously change, but we both picked them to go nine and seven, and that depends on everybody else in our division. So yeah, what do, I what's nine, your opinion on that? I had nine and seven as well. And and it's funny because uh the guys that I work with today, we, we actually did one. We did a consensus one where majority wins. And there were five guys that did it. And so if three of us said win in a game, it counted as a win. If three of us said loss in a game, it counted as a loss. And and shockingly, uh, you know, really it was the, the Lions radio crew. Uh, we came up with 10 and 6. So, um, yeah, I mean, listen, there's so many things that can happen. We don't know what the draft is yet. Um, you know, there's always a scrap heap or two guy and you know, the old adage, somebody's garbage is somebody else's treasure, you know, find one of those guys. that's just a fit here and, and do what you can to improve the football team. I- I'll tell you what guys, uh, I don't think the Minnesota Vikings are as daunting. Uh, they've been on that N- NFL elevator for a few years now, you know, going from 11 down to eight, going to 10, going down to seven. Uh, the bears are pretty frightening. I mean, look, Aaron Rodgers is still in Green Bay. I, I'm not sure about the rest of the Packers, but Aaron Rodgers is still there. So you have to be a little bit worried about that. But uh, you know what, guys? I, at the end of the day, I, I just don't think the Lions are a 6-10 and 10 team. I, I really don't. I think they improved. Uh, you know, you're, you're going to get a healthy uh, uh, carry-on Johnson back. You're going to have some help around uh, carry on John or excuse me around uh, Kenny Galladay now and and you certainly upgraded with Trey Flowers and the pieces in the defensive backfield as well that's just before we go to the draft so uh, that's what has me on a personal level excited for next year I can see nine and seven in that area but you guys know in today's National Football League uh, you you guys know this it could be plus or minus two I mean that's just exactly. the way this league is right now you could you could see anywhere from seven to nine to you know, 11 and five, my goodness gracious. It depends how much comes together. No, I, 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 to, I totally agree with that. You, Cause you never know, especially the landscape of the game today. Yep. I, I, I look at the Kansas city chiefs and the way that they just run up the score and they air it out. I understand it's more of a passing league pack, uh, passing focus league, but still, I really believe a great defense can keep you in pretty much any game. Well, you know what? And it, it, I, I go back to that 2014 team. If we had just a little bit more of offense that year, what might have been? I mean, that defense was really, really special. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not putting it in a category with the Ravens uh, of 2000 or the Bears from 85. I'm not saying anything like that. That was a special defense. And if we got just a little bit more out of that offense, who knows what might have been that particular year, but um, hey, that's what Bob's trying to get to, and it's all about depth, and it's all about, uh, you know, especially on, on both sides of the line, getting that rotation in there of, of, of fresh bodies and having some versatility, and certainly that's one thing that Bob has shown that he likes out of his draft pick. So um, it's going to be exciting to see what happens. I don't care who you are. You had to like the way the defense adjusted as the season went on last year. And I mean, uh, coincidentally, I think it has to do with uh, once Snacks joined this team. I mean, it, it, to say that he had an impact on this team would be a gross understatement. And now, you, you know, you get Trey Flowers and maybe you ask Jared to play a little bit more of, of, of his comfort zone as opposed to trying to go sideline to sideline. And that's why so many people are intrigued at hmm, maybe the prospect of a guy like Devin Bush that can go sideline to sideline. But um, it, it's going to be fun to see how it pans out. 
Now let's uh, have a little bit of fun with the draft. Uh, and we want to include you in a little game that we're going to have right now, Sean, if that's okay. Yeah, sure. Now, let's, let's look at the last five years of the Detroit Lions draft. Just for fun, just for fun, what's the one player do you think uh, Lions fans regret drafting? Oh, it's got to be Eric Ebron. In, in, in my mind, it's got to be. And you know, here, here's a, you know what? I, and people get mad at me when I say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. I get why they took Eric Ebron. Yeah. I didn't like it. Yes. I, I, I did. I did. I, that wasn't the guy that I wanted, Odell Beckham. Um, but right. I get why they wanted him because of what we were just talking about. Just a little more offense, just a little more offense out of 2014. And and who knows what that team might have been able to do in the playoffs. I, I think they certainly beat the Dallas Cowboys in that now infamous game. And, uh, you know, who who knows beyond that? But I, for me, I think I think the list starts and ends with with Eric Ebron. I, I don't I don't think there's anybody else, in, in my humble opinion, that um, that anybody would say anything other than, you know. And oh, I have to agree 100% on that one. Uh, un- unfortunately, he became a really good player in uh, Indy. But for me, it, was t- it, it is, right? <laughs> but, but for me personally, Tease Tabor last year. Yeah. Uh, they, yeah. Last year before last, 2017. Yeah. So, second round he, pick. You know what the frustrating thing about him is, too, uh, like to me, is um, – He's a very cerebral guy. He's a very smart guy. And he's got a place, I think, in the National Football League, just not the second round. You know what I mean? That might might be the guy that you take later on and you you, you say, all right, you're going to be a good nickel guy and everything. But uh, to take him, what what was he, 53rd overall, I think? To take him 53rd overall, my my goodness gracious, uh, uh, that might be one that that we end up biting our lip about. Oh, absolutely. Because even like before the Bob Quinn era, there's been a lot of swing and misses uh, uh, with the Lions draft picks that obviously makes Lions fan a little hesitant, especially all the talk about TJ Hawkinson or Noah Fant that like, oh, God, another another tight end uh, was this Eric Ebron and Brandon Pettigrew all over again. Yeah. Yeah, that that's the one that, you know, that that goes back to what the 2009 draft, you know, where yeah. you have two of the top uh, 20 picks. And and I still say to this day, you had to take Stafford. I, I, I felt that way then. I, I, I feel that way now. I, I don't understand the debate about Matthew Stafford. And I'm sure you guys have heard some variation of this. You have one side say that he stinks. You have the other side say that he's great. And I disagree with both of them. I think that Matthew Stafford is a good quarterback. And I'm not comparing him to the Lions. I'm comparing him to the na- the rest of the National Football League. I think he's a good quarterback. I, I really do. If you want to make the argument, well, you should expect more out of number one overall. Oh, okay. I can hear that that argument. That's fine. I think he's had a good career. I think more often than not, he's had good seasons. Certainly last season doesn't count as them. But I think a lot of people were excited about um, that 20 pick. And, okay, what are you going to do for an encore? And, and to go out and take Brandon Pettigrew, it was just so – to me, it was like a kick in the in, in the chops. You know what I mean? It really was. It just – I remember talking to somebody in the Detroit media, and I won't mention any names, but – you know, they said, well, I think you're underutilizing the importance of, you know, a guy that can stretch the field, but most importantly, can stay in and, and help protect. You know, he's he's really renowned for being a blocking tight end. And I said, 
oh, that's just what every team wants is a blocking tight end. And <laughs> you know what I mean? So, and, and I think that goes back to what you were just saying uh, about T's Tabor. I'm not saying that a guy like that doesn't have a spot in the National Football League. I'm saying what on earth are you doing taking him at, at, at number 20 overall or uh, number 50 overall? Yep, so exactly. um, th- that's, that's kind of the, that was kind of the letdown of that one. Yep. Uh, absolutely. Because, you know, they've always had some questionable, especially when it comes to the offensive line before Frank rag. Now, I believe two, uh, 2015 when they take Lake and Tomlinson with the 28th overall, oh, yeah. that was a colossal bust. It was, and you know what was frustrating about that? I, I look at that draft across the board because, um, you know, Q obviously turned into a pretty good player. You know, Quandre Diggs turned into a pretty good player, and you, you want to see that 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 uh, value there. I'll tell you, guys, I, I, this shows you what what I know, and I think we can all say the same thing. Some, I thought Amir Abdullah was an absolute steal at 54. I really did. Um, even if you remember, even the fumbling issues he had at Nebraska, you know, one of my buddies kind of pointed out that, that, that a majority of the fumbles happened earlier in his career. And, and, you know, he kind of fixed it. And, uh, you know, I didn't think that Amir Abdullah was going to come in and be your, uh, your first, second and third down back, because there aren't many backs like that in the national football league anymore. Football doesn't run that way anymore. It's, more of a 1A and a 1B. You know, we grew up in an era where I, I could go 30 years ago and still tell you the starting running back on every team in the National Football League. That, that's just the era that we grew up with where you had the workhorse. But I thought Amir Abdullah, in concert with, you know, whomever else they were going to have back there, whether it be Theo, little did we know, you know, a few years later they take a, a carry on. But I thought Amir Abdullah was going to be a, a mainstay uh, for the Lions for years to come. And maybe that's why I'm sitting where I'm sitting and guys like Bob Quinn are sitting where they're sitting. <laughs> uh, hindsight is always twenty twenty. Sure. Exactly. So, uh, uh, Sean, we, thanks for being on the show. We really appreciate it. But, but, but before we let you go, I got to ask, because I know you're a big hockey guy. I know you're big. I know you're a big Habs fan. Go Habs go. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I'm a Leafs fan. We we got Game Seven tonight, and I know the heartache and pain of of going into Boston <laughs> as a Leaf fan, and it's Game Seven. Just give me your thoughts on on tonight's game. Do you do the Leafs have a chance to pull it out? Absolutely. I, there's no doubt in my mind. You know what? I like the way that Anderson's playing. I, I really oh, yeah. do. Yeah. I, I do a I do a um, little hockey podcast with Darren McCarty, uh, good Leamington boy. And uh, we, we were talking about it before the uh, the series started. And, and and I said, you know, I don't know how many people are aware how good this kid's been playing. And, uh, you know, he, he certainly has been one of the stars this series. You know, the biggest thing is, and, and it's funny you mentioned the Habs, because you've seen uh, the Habs do this to the Bruins a few times in, in uh, the, the past decade. When the Bruins go Bruins, because it's going to happen, you know what, yeah. I know it, don't respond. Just don't respond. Don't fall for it. Um, And, you know, even the year that the Bruins won the cup, if you remember 2011, um, it it was, it was a a Nathan Horton off a broken stick goal that that beat the Habs in the first round. And then the Habs upset them when they had that, that great team, uh, what in, in, in 14 and they went into Boston, if you remember and knocked them off there in in game seven. Um, When the Bruins go Bruins don't respond um, I like the least chances tonight. I really do. I know it's been an up and down back and forth series, uh, yeah, yeah. but I, I like the least chances. I, I, again, the way that Freddie's playing, uh, I'm not going to go against him. I, I don't think he's getting enough credit, quite frankly. 
uh, for, for the way he's playing. Oh, absolutely. He's been the, the, the lifesaver for yep. these games. I, I look at game five. He pretty much, he was standing on his head the entire game. Yep. So obviously if they get him the support and they stay out of the box and Sean, that is critical for them to win this game. Yep. Stay out of the box. Yep. Don't go Bruins. I mean, let, let the Bruins, Bruins go the Bruins. Don't go if, Bruins. You know what? If they want to lick you, lick you, let them lick you. But don't retaliate. <laughs> you know what's funny? I, I mean, I, I, I think we can both attest to this. Uh, I'm not a fan of the Boston Bruins in any way, shape, or form. But I'll tell you what: if, if, if you're a guy and you're watching a series like that and you don't love Patrice Bergeron, oh. you don't love hockey. I mean, oh. he is for years. He has been one of the most underrated players, and I think when you watch a series like this, to me, it puts into focal point just how important he is and, 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 and just what a complete hockey player he is. It is, I mean, honestly, it is a pleasure watching Patrice Bergeron play hockey. And I hate myself for saying that because it's like, no, he's a, he's a dirty sinking Bruin, but uh, really it's, it's a pleasure watching him play hockey. Absolutely. If he, if he was on any other team besides the Bruin, besides the Bruins, I would love, I would love it, but it's, it's the Bruins. (laughs) Yep. That's exactly it. And, and you, you as a Habs fan, you know the nightmares that the that that team cut can cause. Oh, oh, so, well, good luck to your boys tonight. You know, I, I think I speak on behalf of a lot of people when I say that uh, they're they're really pulling for the Leafs. And boy, it'd be a fun scene on Young Street tonight. That's for uh, sure. And uh, uh, you know, it, we'll we'll see what happens. Look, better times are coming for the Leafs. You don't need me to tell you that. I mean, no, this is absolutely. this is just the beginning, as far as I'm concerned. There's a uh, uh, a lot better times coming, no doubt. Exactly. You know what? I was telling a friend of mine who was all panicky and all worried, like, oh, we got to go back to Boston. Like, it has to be this way. Yeah. To exercise that demon, <laughs> we have to go back into the belly of the beast, and it has to be this way. You yeah. Know? It's yeah. like, it, it's going to happen, you know? Like, it, it just has to be. Like, don't you want to go into their house, cl- close them out, and then leave, and leave all those fans disappointed, you know? that's that's all they gotta do they have to win one game so that's 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 my biggest thing nothing better in sports guys nothing better in sports here we are talking about football but as far as i'm concerned there's nothing better in sports than a game seven in the stanley cup finals absolutely especially (laughs) yeah especially them being the only canadian team left you know it's got it's got to do something to get them amped up because Hockey Night in Canada is just going to be Hockey Night in Canada featuring a bunch of American teams. Yeah, right. Yeah, you know? it's uh, Winnipeg stunned me. I th- I really thought they were going to take the next step oh, this year. Yeah, uh, that that kind of surprised me. Um, uh, you know the, the 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 Calgary series. I mean, it just how bad Colorado made them look. That that was uh, surprising. But uh, yeah, Winnipeg's the one for me. I, I I thought Winnipeg was you know in 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 all likelihood, ready to take the next step after that long run last year, but uh, not to be. Exactly. Just one just one last thing. I just want to get your thoughts quickly on the Detroit Red Wings bringing back Stevie Eiserman. Big kudos to Ken Holland for uh, pretty much being the mastermind behind this, you know, putting his general, ti- general manager title aside and taking a senior vice president role so that Stevie Y can come home. Well, you know, one of the things, guys, and, and, and you know this um, as big hockey fans, I, I think we can talk about all the wonderful things that Steve Eiserman did down in Tampa, um, but there's no Steven Stamkos and there's no Victor Hedman before their prime 
waiting in Detroit. Um, the one thing that, in my personal opinion, I'm not sure enough people around here understand and give him credit for is how shrewd he was. And, you know, to get something, you have to give up something. And some of the deals that he made were so creative and so bombastic and, quite frankly, uh, so risky as well. You know, I mean, look at uh, the, the Drew and Sergeyev deal. You know, I mean, you're, you're still taking your chances on, on, on a young uh, defender, even though he was in your backyard. I think people uh, certainly around the Windsor area and anybody that follows the O uh, knew about him. But, you know, Drew had had that unbelievable playoff. And, you know, a lot of people thought, well, what, what are you doing taking a guy that was taking that uh, highly in the draft? You know what? Duran's just a, just a good player. I mean, that, yeah. that, that uh, you got something special. So I think to me, having a guy come in, not being afraid to swing for the fences and make that creative, risky move, uh, because Lord knows so many of them have panned off. It, it doesn't hurt to get a guy like Kucherov in the second round. Make no mistake no, about that. That's but, pretty good. Uh, yeah. to, me, to me, Steve Eiserman and his creativity and shrewdness are going to be well served uh, by anybody, especially here in Detroit. I think the Red Wings, the best way to put it is I think they got very comfortable following their script, following the Red Wing way. And, and I think it probably went on two years too long. And uh, Steve's going to have to get creative to speed up this process. I, I like what he had to say, though. He said, we don't want to get a little bit better. We're not going to make a move to get a little bit better to maybe just say, well, let's let's see if we can get in. I don't think that's the right mindset. So uh, they certainly have a guy that knows how to do it and, and get creative in the process. Absolutely. It should be exciting, to especially have that old uh, Leafs-Red Wings rivalry oh. back together again. It's going to be amazing. You know, you know what? Hey, guys, you know, around here, too, I mean, seriously, you think about this. The the Wings and the Habs haven't played in the playoffs since 78. Uh, the the Leafs and the Habs haven't played in the in the playoffs since '79. You know the the Wings and the Leafs haven't played in the playoffs since you know that epic game sever and seven back in '93. We yes. got to change that. I mean, oh, that, absolutely. Be to see a series with those three. Oh, you know, so we'll see what happens. Exactly. Well, that's great, Sean. Thank you again so much for joining us on the ADG podcast. Uh, if if you're interested in anything that Sean does, because he's very knowledgeable, he's on 760 w, WJR and Lions Radio. So for all your draft coverage, Sean is the man when it comes to the Detroit Lions. Well, thank you for your kind words. And guys, it, it, it is a pleasure chatting with you guys. You guys call anytime. We appreciate, appreciate it. it. Thanks, Sean. Thanks a lot, Sean. All right. Take care. Enjoy the draft, guys. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. From expert draft analysis to expertise music analysis, Jake. Who is our featured musical guest this week? So since we're, since the draft is so inspiring, uh, because you know a lot of young athletes are looking forward into their future, and a lot of things going on in the world today that are that need a little bit more inspiring. Uh, we have an artist uh, today that has a special story, and I have his biography right here with me because. This is a perfect show to feature him on. Uh, his name is Cryptic uh, Kairos. I think I, I hope that I'm not butchering uh, the second part of the name. But uh, Cryptic uh, sent me a song. He has a new album coming out. His first single is We Live Long. And um, it's a really good type of... I don't want to say old school. Uh, it's, it's more of a storytelling type of... Um, 
hip hop and oh my god, people are saying, oh, rap again. No, no, no. You want to listen to this track. It's it's something special. So let me just go over this biography with you guys so you get a better idea where this is coming from. So, and he, he, he sent me this directly. So uh, let's go word for word and bear with me. When pain enters the life of a naturally creative person, sometimes the art forms uh, that they produce and may hold a rather uh, appealing, different, and non-conforming design. Bringing struggle to lyricism is where cryptic Kairos quality sound will meet uh, with uh, his quest to prove the world that his music industry resilience. His new single entitled We Live Long allows this new artist to ask questions that many of us ask when we're going through our own painful situations. He's a young Latino artist, uh, decided to pin his heart to music after losing his older brother to gun violence and considers his plight in music as carrying the torch for his well-respected older sibling uh, who's named David, who was murdered in Las Vegas, Nevada. So he's thinking outside the box for new equations to the uh, pop rap, uh, as you will hear. Uh, the young MC will let the stories that his older brother never got the ch uh, a chance to tell the world. So Hunger Alone is scripted Kairos uh, represents in his personality as well as his music. So that kind of sums up what he's all about. Um, with this title track, We Live Long, we're going to get to hear it. It's catchy. Great hook. And um, I, it's, it's definitely on my playlist. It's one of those tracks that uh, draws you in. So, like, I'm a big, I'm a big fan of this. Like, I downloaded it, listened to it, because, you know, I have to screen this music, you know. I, I need to know what uh, we're going to play on this show. And this is one of those songs. So we're going to listen to uh, Cryptic Kairos, We Live Long, featuring KC. And we're going to share this video because uh, there's a lyric video to this song on our channels. So here's Cryptic Kairos, We Live Long, featuring KC. <laughs> If our heart's on fire, who's gonna burn us out? And if the love shines brighter, try to bring me down. See, I've been thinking about one day, one day, one day, when I'm long gone, I'll let it go. One day, one day, one day, so let the world know we live long. To let the world know we live long. Knew a kid who would pray every day from the pain and poverty Living in the hood with the drugs and robberies Bullied at his school by the laughs and mockery Beat him to the ground, they would laugh at comedy He tried to find a way to end his life Death to five, losing all his breath to life Depression of life, depressing that he's stressing the life Aggressive at times, confessing with the questions in mind Though, he 
so conflicted, addicted that he just can't let her go. His mom's addicted and distant, and now she won't ever know that he's a victim in prison, but keeps it down on the low. He's been molested by a sitter, but he won't let it show. Yeah, it's like you can't even breathe. It's like you're living with no feeling, and you're screaming in dreams. It's like you're running for some demons that nobody can see. Man, I wish it was a story, cause that kid was me. If our heart's on fire, who's gonna burn us out? And if the love shines brighter, try to bring me down. See, I've been thinking about one day, one day, one day, when I'm long gone, I'll let it go. One day, one day, one day, to let the world know we live long. To let the world know we live long. To let the world know we live long. To tell them that we can live long. So I let the world know we live long. Yeah, I dedicate the song to the souls who are gripping the end of the road. Loose around your neck, thinking I'm just ready to go. Ending with some letters, with the layers of stories untold. Listen to the song, to the verses, the purpose, the code. They hear you breathe, but you're screaming inside. And then you wake up feeling hopeless, like you're living to die. I know you're victimized, brutalized, thinking about suicide. Running, cause they're coming in the rush, and there's nowhere to hide. I know you're drugging, popping pills until you walk the dough. Drowning your liver with liquor until you overflow. You can't contain the cocaine that is going up your nose. And Kristen with the method that wrecks it, just gotta let you know. We gotta stick together through all of the stormy weather. As bad as it has been, it's just gonna keep getting better. So keep your head up and just keep on standing strong. We may be forgotten, but with us together, we live long. Life is too short to put a hold down on me. As far as my eyes can say. That was Cryptic Kairos, We Live Long, featuring Casey. Check it out. Give him some views. Uh, tell him ADG sent you. Comment on his YouTube. Get some views in there. Great track. Very inspirational. Let me know what you guys think. We'll share it on our page. So, yeah. there's that. That's great. So, Jake, from great music... To another great segment on the show, your top five. Top five. Top five. Let's do it. Going crazy. Top five, no debating. Top five, top five, top five. All right. So, since this is a sports show, 
that everything's sports, especially football. I figured I'd give you my personal top five of my favorite football movies. Oh, great. All right. So, number five. This should be a surprise to some, not really to others. But number number five, my number five favorite football movie, Varsity Blues. Great movie. I great. know. It's great. Very underrated. <laughs> exactly. I, I think it is because obviously if, if those of you who remember just Dawson Creek and James Vanderbeek. That's know? right. It's, it's, it's entertaining. It yeah. has a lot of football in it. It's mm-hmm. very goofy. Mm-hmm. It has some funny one-liners in it. Mm-hmm. it. It's a good watch. It's a good watch. Now, number four is a twofer. The Longest Yard. Now, yes. you can ask, original or remake? Yeah. I actually like the remake. Really? Yeah, I, I really do. Even though it's Adam Sandler and he doesn't fit the role because he's a goofy-looking yeah. guy. Yeah. But uh, not bad. I, I actually enjoy watching uh, the remake more than the original. Okay. So. No, I, I just I know a lot of movie purists and sports purists prefer yes. the original because you know because it was something different, you know that. That's right. You know. No, I, I, I agree 100. percent But that's why it's a little controversial. Obviously, you must love the acting of Stone Cold Steve Austin and uh, Kevin <laughs> Nash, right? I think I think um, you're 100 percent right because the wrestlers really made the story come together. <laughs> No, obviously not. They're awful. But it's still a fun movie to watch. Exactly. Let's get serious here. Number three. Remember the Titans. Great movie. Ah, yeah, it is. It is. It's a good movie. Definitely one of my favorite Disney uh, live-action sports-related movies. Mm -hmm. It's it's a good watch. It's an interesting storyline. Obviously controversial. Yeah. I like that at number three. Number two... Is definitely this was a this was close. But number two, Friday Night Lights. Okay. Friday Night Lights should be my number one, but it missed by just a little bit. Uh, rewatch it whenever I can find it. Yeah. Great story, all football. It, Obviously, it's... not not the not the you know not no spoiler alert, but it's not the ending you expect. It's True. Based on you know. Exactly. True events, but yeah, it's um, a good story. I, I I was meant to say I meant to ask you. Uh, well, I I I've seen bits and pieces of it. I've I've yet to see the entire thing. So I recommend it. It's on my definitely. list. Yeah, mm-hmm, definitely. And number one, we are Marshall. Really? Yeah, that's it's, number it's, one for you. That's number one. Yeah, it's a good wow. movie. Wow. Watched it a few times. Liked it. Very inspirational. I think it makes perfect sense for today. For the show we're doing, but like yeah. I said, Friday Night Lights and We Are Marshall very close together. Because Friday Night Lights, you kind of get the build up, and then you have the story at the end, and then We Are Marshall. Everything happens at the beginning, and then you go from that story. Gotcha. So, totally well, different movies, but there you, you go. Yeah, you know what? I I just want to give out a couple honor honorable mentions. If I swear. Make- if you say draft day, we're ending this show. <laughs> you said it is a football related movie. I just I just want to give it's not a, a good one that it was it, hey, I thought it was pretty good, you know. Oh, you know especially I thought for sure it would make your list. Kevin Costner, come on. It's he's, he's a legend. This isn't, this isn't the post stand, okay? 
Oh my god. So what a ob- world. So obviously, so yeah, draft day was good, my personal opinion. And I'm surprised Rudy did not make your list. Absolutely not. Why? You have, you have something against Notre Dame and a tough little guy making his way on his team, you know, defying all the odds. All of that, yes. Well, you, yeah, come on, you, everything you, you, you just said. <laughs> come on, you don't like Fat John uh, Favreau? No, and, none and, of that is appealing and, to and watch. Very over skinny it. and very skinny Vince Vaughn. None of that is that movie is not appealing to me whatsoever. Wow, watched it a few times. I, I didn't think it was very good. It's not rewatchable. Eh. <laughs> eh. Okay, well, obviously, hey, the blind side didn't make it either. Okay, I, 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 was, I was about to say the blind side, you know, an Oscar award winning film, obviously, not good enough for, apologize for, to Bullock for that one. I apologize, exactly, right? But from... not Miss Congeniality, okay, it wasn't that good. Wow, did you really say that Miss Congeniality is better than the blind side? Wow, that's right, ADG podcast. Full of of controversy (laughs) and obviously full of bad taste, according to Jake. Oh, everywhere. Oh, geez. So uh, obviously from Jake's top five to to well, he thinks it's good movies, uh, good football movies to actual good movies that are coming out. Jake, we are it's it's here. It's almost here. The end game is almost here. I have my tickets. I am so excited just to, just to experience this. You have no I, idea. If we're overhyped over this movie and it doesn't pan out, like it's so bad that they had to release a statement, you know, don't spoil it for anybody else. Enjoy no, the I, ride. No, no <laughs> I, I, I think, I think it's common courtesy, you know, just to, they're just doing their due diligence to say, Hey, I know some people are going to go see it. Don't say anything. Let let everyone experience all the all the twists and turns of the plot and, and all the surprises for themselves. Because I believe I believe Star Wars did the exact same thing when the Last Jedi came out. So, but, and speaking of Star Wars, this year is well, you're ending a lot of sagas. Your your yes. end game, your mm-hmm. Star Wars coming out with its last. Um, Saga. Well, they're, they're adding this story. Star yeah, Wars is ending the, the Luke main story. Skywalker yeah. saga. Yes, yeah. so that's ending. Uh, Game of Thrones is ending. Yes. And oh speaking of God. Game of Thrones, it was an interesting episode too. It was the last happy episode of Game of Thrones that you will ever see. Mm-hmm. Because not because <laughs> next week is all hell is gonna break loose. And, and next week we'll have our. Uh, hopefully we'll have our uh, expert on again yes. to discuss episode three because it looks like it's just going to be insanity. It's going to be the, the, nuts. You know, we had a whole episode of buildup. Can you imagine what the next one's going to be? Oh, my God. It, it, you know what? It, uh, not to give away spoilers from the last episode, I mm-hmm. thought it was just a nice solitude having having everyone who either fought for Winterfell or fought against Winterfell all gather at Winterfell just yep. one final time just before they all like, die yeah before they all <laughs> die <laughs> yeah so experiencing the last uh, the last pleasures of life uh, mm-hmm. especially especially uh, Arya yes well I mean spoiler alert <laughs> but yeah uh, it was a, it was a good build-up episode and I'm looking forward to uh, Sunday again to um, see what happens 
And yes. uh, I hope it's uh, longer than an hour because it's going to need to be. <laughs> well, chances are it's probably going to be an hour and a half. So yeah, I hope so. Yeah. Who needs it sleep? I'm going to stay up and watch this thing. Who needs sleep? Sleep. You can sleep when you die. Exactly. Exactly. So obviously a lot of great movies coming out. A lot of great TV shows are wrapping up their season or in their final season. And, and from movies and TV to TV game shows. And Jake, I don't know about you, but I am obsessed with what's going on in Jeopardy right now. I have not seen it. Please, You have me. not seen it, but you should do your best to, to try to watch Jeopardy tonight because there is this contestant, uh, James Holhauser from Las Vegas, Nevada, who is a professional sports gambler. That's right. He's a professional mm. sports gambler. He broke the single day record, which was one hundred thirty one thousand dollars. He he smashed it. He, um, I'm sorry. The, the old record was one hundred and ten thousand dollars. He smashed it by winning one hundred thirty one thousand dollars in wow. one day in wow. one game. That's crazy. And uh, 13 days. He just he's he's at 13 days of of winning. He is over nine hundred thousand dollars. So Damn. chances are he's going to hit the one million dollar mark tonight. So if you're if you're near TV around seven thirty or whenever Jeopardy comes on, watch this guy. It is unbelievable. And because I I kind of like his strategy, he goes right away for the two thousand dollar questions. He goes for the big money questions right off the bat, which is smart. You know, you get as much money as you can. And that way, if you hit a, a daily double, you can increase your money that much quicker. That's true. He's playing the odds, basically. Oh, yeah. That's why he's he from Vegas. Exactly. Yeah. So <laughs> he knows what he's doing. So obviously, uh, the, the former uh, Je- Jeopardy uh, kingpin, uh, Ken Jennings, uh, tweeted out saying, this is absolutely insane. I've always wanted to see someone try jeopardy wage, wagering this much and who had the skills to back it up because he was making wages of twenty, thirty thousand dollars on a single question. So wow. obviously he has to know what he, he obviously is pretty good at trivia. To say yeah, oh, you have to be, be that confident. Exactly. So James Holhauser, our, uh, our thoughts are with you. Keep going. And, Hopefully you can crush that $1 million mark tonight. Yeah, make that money. Make that money. <laughs> awesome. Well, going from that, and I have to sit up for this one. Closer, okay. to, my, closer to my microphone okay. engage with my yes. audience. Yes. Because this, this is a lot of attention here. <laughs> All right. Our last segment of the show, our garbage person of the week. This comes no surprise to anybody who's listened to this podcast so far that this was going to happen eventually, especially now that their season ended. Yesterday being swept by the Milwaukee Bucks, mm-hmm. losing by insane amounts. And it's not Andre Drummond, surprisingly. It's not. No. He's terrible. Gave up in this series, except for last night. The garbage person of the week is Tom Gores. <laughs> and it is, and it's not no surprise to anybody. Now, this is the dude who went yesterday after the game and did a little seven-minute conference, um, interviews, like a scrum, mm-hmm. answer some questions. This guy actually thinks this team, the way it is right now, is pretty good. He's, he actually said he's, he's considering getting players to go over the um, 
go into the taxes to, yeah, go over the top of everybody else, keep paying more money into this team to try to win over the salary cap. Really? That's your strategy? That's not a smart strategy. I thought you were a billionaire. You're not even, you're not a basketball mind. You're a business mind. So you think that putting more money into this team that hasn't won anything, this this team is made up of bench players except for maybe two guys. Right. Okay? And I, Blake is a good player. He is insane on this team. Amazing. That's the person you want to build the team around on. Andre Drummond is a nice extra piece to any team. Right. He's a nice little addition to a shooting team that needs some... So like lackluster defense, but needs some rebounds. But he's a nice addition to a team that's good. He's not a guy you build a team around. Mm-hmm. Okay, twenty rebounds, uh, twenty assists isn't going to get you anywhere. Now, the rest of the players, a well, majority of them, are bench players. So you're expecting to win with those guys. Look what happened this season. You're lucky Blake actually played most of the season. He played most of the games this season. And what happened, he got hurt in the playoffs. Well, he's getting older. You want to build around this guy? You need talent. You have so much, most of your cap into two guys. And since he's a business mind, he can't figure out that that's not working. So everything he said in his little presser yesterday is learning from this and, you know, moving on and you know getting better from where they are now by they'll figure it out really how you don't have a clue there was reportedly two deals on the table to trade andre drummond two Mm -hmm. and he didn't do it you have an opportunity to get rid of a guy that does not help your team and actually get something back for him and help your cap situation and you don't do it there's two moron teams that actually gave you some tried to give you something for the guy and you still didn't do it what are you thinking i know your buddies with the guy but it's not what's best for business and yeah i'm stealing that from wwe <laughs> but keeping him around is not best for business so being such a smart guy doing a lot of dumb shit and it's not making the pistons any better so, Tom Gorris, garbage person of the week. That's the coolest fucking story I've ever heard in my entire life. That's insane. It, can I hear it again? Do you have time? Boom. Time to take out the trash. <laughs> oh, God. I hope they tr- sell the team. <laughs> <laughs> or, or, or at least have someone that knows how to run an organization like that. Kind of like what Joe Dumars did when he first came yes, in. Exactly. Uh, to run the front office. Obviously, there's a lot of, uh, you know, uh, I, I just I just want to touch on on one sports issue before we wrap it up. But the Detroit Red Wings, uh, the worst kept secret in all of sports and hockey is that Steve Eisman comes back to run as uh, run the team as the general manager. I just want to get your thoughts on that. Jake. Well, yeah, we didn't go into a lot of that today. Today was a uh, football show, but that was so obvious. It's the best thing that could happen to this team. Um, you know what was going to happen a year ago, but it finally happened. I think the Red Wings are in the best position to 
do anything in the next five years just because of this one move. This yeah. one move makes them a contender within the next three to five years to do something. This is the team to be actually a fan of now. Uh, Pistons aren't going anywhere. Lions are the Lions. Tigers rebuild for the next while. But yeah. Red, Red Wings going to be the team in this city to actually watch. Sure. Yeah, it's gonna take a couple of years, obviously. Oh yeah, get, yeah. Get every uh, all the people that fit that mold perfectly into the system. But yeah, obviously, it all starts at the top. And Ken Holland did the right thing by stepping down as GM just to move up uh, as as uh, vice president. So, Ooh, senior ha- vice president. Sorry, yes, yeah, senior vice president. <laughs> so obviously, he is still involved. So basically, you have two great hockey minds running that organization so it's that it, it all starts at the top so you have to be happy with that if you're uh if you're a wings fan going into the off season that's right hopefully they work in the younger guys and they sure. get some yep. younger talent and be, detroit becomes a destination for hockey once again hopefully Absolutely. and yeah. if anything that can keep this uh empty arena alive now looks like it's going to be the red wings oh exactly yeah well and, and now that they have you know their, their prodigal son has returned so that's right exactly so all yeah. those all those wings fans were blowing up my phone when that happened so <laughs> they're 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 celebrating right now so yes i it's, wish it's, them all it's a good time yeah so i think that wraps it up for that's this it. episode it was a fantastic episode big thanks to sean belegian for joining us and thank you for listening if you if you like this podcast like, subscribe, share it, comment, dislike, tell us we're assholes, whatever. That's ADG, that's that's every day. Pretty much adgpodcast at gmail.com. That's where you can find us. Uh, if you want to send us an email, where we're on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, everywhere, YouTube to find us. So, Jake, that's it for this episode. That's ADG, it. Yes, for the ADG podcast. I'm Darren. And I'm Jacob. And we are baby.